right, turn your Bibles with me, please, to the book, the book of Mark, Mark's Gospel, chapter number 10. It's good to be back at Choice Hills Baptist Church. It seems like it's been over two years, and it almost has. Matter of fact, uh, we've missed the last two years coming in, in the spring, but uh, we thank the Lord He's kept us safe, and uh, do thank the Lord for your pastor, his friendship, and his family. Uh, we ask you, Lord ask you to pray for, continue to pray for your pastor. And he's, uh, I was with him yesterday. He's very well, but he's kind of afraid to, because he tested positive to be around anybody. And he knew if he came to church, he'd have to talk to everybody. And so anyway, he's, uh, he's missing today, but he's actually not missing. He's here in spirit and he's on the telephone listening. So be careful what you say, unless it's a good hearty Amen. Let's try that again. Unless it's a good hearty, amen. amen. All right, good. Pastor, you hear that? I hope you enjoyed that. All right, I've got a song I'd like to sing. Uh, one of my favorites around this time of the year, and I only sing it most of the time during this time of the year, except I'm singing in the car, in the car or something. But it's entitled Special Delivery. You know, Jesus was no ordinary conception, no ordinary conception, and, of course, no ordinary birth, and it's called special delivery, and that's how he came. Never was anyone like him. Never will one be the same. Tiny babe, infant king, Savior, we worship and honor the power of his name, for he came special Delivery wrapped up in love, bound by a promise, sealed by a dove, and filled with the Spirit, carried by grace. You knew where he was going by the look on his face. Where he went, love was there. Also, where he was, love showed the way. Those who saw knew he was holy. And I see what they saw to this very day. For he came special delivery wrapped up in love. Bound by a promise, sealed by a dove, and filled with the Spirit, carried by grace. You knew where he was going by the look on his face. When I'm called, I will go gladly. I will not grieve for the past, for I know where I'll be going, and I will be going to see him at last. I'm going special delivery, wrapped up in love, bound by a promise Sealed by a dove and filled with the Spirit, carried by grace. You'll know where I am going by the look on my face. 
Praise the Lord. And I pray that uh, the day comes uh, unless the Lord raptures us out of here, snatches us away, and I'm in a, a uh, my body's in a casket, the, my face will have a smile on it, and of course the memories that my children can see and remember that they'll know where I'm going, amen? And I pray that your children won't have to guess where you're going when you pass. I pray they'll know for sure. All right, it is again good to be here. If you will, stand with us. If you're able and uh, would do so, stand with us for the reading of the God's Word in Mark's Gospel, chapter number 10. I thought about preaching about the uh, seven ducks in a muddy pond, but I just couldn't get peace about that today. I may preach it or not. I don't know, but we'll see. But uh, the Lord laid this on my heart. I'm going to preach today, Lord willing, on the man who turned around and did the wrong thing. The man who turned around and he did the wrong thing. The Bible says in Mark's Gospel, chapter number 10, verse 17, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy mother and father. And he, that is the young man, answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Well, wouldn't you like to know there's only one thing missing? I mean, all the boxes have been checked. Well, he said, one thing thou lackest, go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. Verse 22, and he, the young man, was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Father... We want to bow our heads and hearts before you right now to say thank you for your word. And I pray of the Holy Spirit, who's the author of this word, Lord, would minister to our hearts today. Speak to every heart. You know the hearts. I know some of the people, but I know them uh, not as anywhere near what you know them to be today. And we pray, Lord, you'd search the hearts today. And may, Lord, the Holy Spirit have, the, uh, have liberty to be able to uh, move upon people's hearts, convince of sin, and convict, Lord, in their lives. May it bring them to Jesus if they know not Christ as Savior. If they are saved, may it bring them closer to the Lord Jesus today. Bless this church. Bless her pastor, Pastor Jeff Stewart, and his dear wife, Mickey. We ask you, Lord, to go with them. And, Lord, be a special help to them along the way as he leads and guides and feeds the flock of God here. I pray, Lord, you'd bring many souls to Jesus this coming year. In his name I pray, amen. You may be seated. The man who turned around did the wrong thing. Very unusual setting here. Most of the time when uh, the name Jesus comes up, people are running, all right, but trying to run away. But here's one that's running to Jesus. The only one I see in the Bible come running to Jesus. I see him as he's going through the crowd, pardon me, excuse me, uh, you know, trying to get his way, make his way, because just about everywhere Jesus went, there was a crowd, and he made his way to Jesus finally, and the Bible said that he kneeled. He was running and, and kneeled to him. That shows to me, number one, he had a right attitude. 
He's got a good attitude. He's not coming with his, his uh, uh, thumb on his lapels and say, well, here I am. No, he's coming and he's kneeled before the Lord. He's got something very special to ask him. And so he came with the right attitude. I hope you come with a good attitude today. I hope you come with an open heart that the Lord will be able to use his word today in your hearts and lives. And I pray if you've never met the Lord Jesus Christ, this would be a good day. I was saved when I was nine years old. I was saved when I was nine. So that makes now me being saved for 61 years. And that's a long time. That's a long time. But I remember just like it were yesterday. I was a nine-year-old boy trusting Christ as my Savior. We, back then we had two-week revival meetings. We can't stand those nowadays. Uh, we hardly stand a weekend meeting. But uh, the fact is we had a two-week revival, and I'm glad we did. You know why? Because I got saved on the second week, on the Wednesday night of the second week, July the 20th, 1960. I was a little boy, and by this time, during the second week of the revival, many people have come to know the Lord and have uh, submitted themselves to baptism and so forth. And uh, so I got saved, and of course, I went with that crew of about 20 or 20-something people to the lake, and uh, we went down into the lake. Actually, I was baptized twice, you might say, because there was a hole in the lake. I'm glad I was hanging on to somebody because I was a little, little fellow. And I went under because I went into the hole, but they brought me back up quickly. That was just an exercise. But later, of course, the, the pastor baptized me uh, in that process of 20-something people trusting Christ. But I'm glad to be saved and glad to know it. I'm glad it's something that I can remember. There's a lot of things I've forgotten. But that one thing for sure is I know how the Lord touched my heart, convinced me of sin, and caused me to realize I needed Jesus as my Savior. And that's what I'm praying for you today. I'm praying for you, young person, older person alike, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, whoever it is, uh, I pray today that you'll experience what I experience of the grace of God uh, touching your heart through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I remember the, uh, the preacher who was preaching that day, his name was Barefoot. He must have been an Indian. That's kind of like an Indian name. But uh, he, would, he had shoes on, of course. But his name was Barefoot, Evangelist Barefoot. He's gone on to be with the Lord now. But I remember it. He preached hell hot and heaven sweet. Amen. And that, that's what we need to hear today more and more of. But here's this young man come running, running to Jesus. When the last time you spoke to somebody, they probably tried to shut you off or, you know, kind of change the subject. But the truth is, that's what they need. They need to know about Jesus. Keep it up. Keep talking to them. Keep praying for them. Keep telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the Bible says, he had the right attitude. Not only was he excited about uh, seeing Jesus, he also was had the right attitude as he kneeled before him. And he asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now there's some important questions in life. There's important questions in life, but perhaps this is the most important question anybody can ask is the question regarding how can I gain eternal life? What can I do? What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Have you ever asked that question before? Well, I, there are some other questions. And, you know, I found out uh, when I talk to people, if they have the answer to these three questions, I know about where they, uh, what the frame of mind is. Number one, where did I come from? You know, there's a lot of people who don't know where they came from. But uh, certainly, uh, I know where I came from. And the Bible tells us plainly that God created us. Amen. I'm a creation. And God doesn't make junk, by the way. Amen. We make ourselves junky sometimes. But where did I come from? 
I'm a creation of God. God is my creator. Not only is he my creator in that he created me, he's my redeemer as we sung today. And so I'm his twice, amen. I'm his by creation, I'm his by redemption. Where did you come from? Do you have the answer to that question? You'll find it in the Bible, the word of God. Number two, another question, why am I here? Why am I here? If God saved me at nine years old, why didn't he take me on and uh, to go to heaven? And that's where we'll eventually go. That's where I'm headed anyway, by the grace of God, accepting Christ as my Savior. But why am I here? I'll tell you why you're here. You're here to glorify God. That's the reason. Not only to create you, but He's He gives you purpose in life. And our purpose should seek to be a, a blessing to others and an honor and a glory to the Lord Jesus Christ and God Almighty. So I thank you today, Lord, that you've given me a reason to be here. Amen. I'm looking forward to 2022. Here we are in the second day. The best place to be is in church, amen, uh, with a great, great start. But uh, I pray that you'll give yourself to the Lord. Matter of fact, I told you I got saved when I was nine. I gave my body to the Lord when I was 20 years old. After having served my first tour of duty in the United States Army, I came to, know, uh, I came to realize that God has something special planned for my life. And it's been a great journey, amen. It's been a great journey. I've done many things, had the opportunity to do many things, and I'm glad that the Lord is with me, that he's walking with me, and I'm walking with him. And uh, one of these days, he's going to say, you know, we're closer to my house now, and I'm going to go on to be with him. Amen. And I pray that uh, you know why you're here, and you're doing what God wants you to do. God does have a plan for your life. Every person here, he's got a plan for your life. It's kind of like a William Borden. William Borden had a plan uh, and was following God's plan for his life. And, of course, he went through high school. He got saved. Uh, and, of course, the Borden family, uh, they were a very rich family. But uh, he dedicated himself to, to serve the Lord as a missionary. And uh, God impressed upon his heart to, to go to the Muslims and, and so forth. And finally, he's, uh, he, he was just a, a young man in his early 20s, and he died. And we think, well, why? Why? Well, in his Bible... He put in there uh, no reserves. He gave it all to God. He gave himself to God. And then he, he put in his Bible no reserves. And his daddy, he, his daddy was, was, didn't understand. His mother kind of did, but his daddy didn't understand why he would waste his life being a missionary. And so anyway, uh, while in Bible college or while in seminary, and in college and seminary, uh, he was able to... Uh, uh, lead many, many, many uh, young uh, people to the Lord. And what a blessing that was. No reserves. And then at the end of his life, uh, as he died, there in Egypt, while he was learning the language, he had in his Bible, no regrets. No regrets. And that's the way it is in my life. If God took me today, I have no regrets of trusting Christ as my Savior, number one and then of giving my life to the Lord to let him lead me along life's way and uh, to be used of him. Where am I going? That's the next question. Do you have that one answered? Where am I going? When you blow this, as Pastor Stewart would say, blow this popcorn stand, where are you going? Well, I know that too. I know why, uh, where I came from. I know why I'm here, and I know where I'm going. Amen. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to a better place. Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I like that word mansion. Amen. 
Someone said it should be rooms. Well, it'd be rooms for you, but it's going to be a mansion to me. Amen. I've lived in rooms all my life. One room to the next. Living in a trailer, just one shotgun, you know, one room to the next. But uh, I'm going to have a mansion, and I'm glad. And if it weren't so, Jesus would have told us. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you to myself, that where I am there ye may be also. I know where I am going. And so I hope you have that answer. Well, there's some other questions in life. Uh, important question. Who's going, to be your, who's going to be life's master? Who's going to be in charge? Will it be the Lord or will it be Lucifer? Here's another question. Or another, another question. Who's going to be life's mate? Who's going to be life's mate? Life's long love mate. Well, you know, the Lord may, and he calls some not to be married. But I'm glad I've got a good wife. She's with me today. She broke her kneecap trying to get me supper. Amen. The supper was good. She had it in the crock pot. And uh, the crock pot went this way. She went down harder on her knee, wasn't able to use her hands to, to catch the fall. And now she's got to suffer eating my food. But she did save the food, and it was good. And uh, she, she likes my cooking. You know, uh, after a while, she'll like it. I mean, uh, uh, what else is she going to eat, huh? <laughs> All right, I love breakfast. She really don't care for breakfast too much, but I love breakfast. That's my first meal. And I eat, I eat an old man's breakfast. I eat oatmeal and fruit uh, with some uh, almond milk, and, and uh, I may make a couple of pancakes or take some older pancakes or ones that have been made the day before and heat them up, and then I'll mix it all together. Boy, that's good stuff. Well, it is for me. Now, she likes uh, Rice Krispies and things like that, which is fine, and that's easy to make. I can make a nasty bowl of cereal. But uh, I'm glad the Lord's given me a good wife. Who's going to be or what's going to be life's ministry for you? And that's where we came back to. God's got a plan for your life. Be open to it. Be subject to it. Be willing to walk in it. This question, though, this young man asked is the life's most important question. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So he came with the right attitude. He came with the right question. And I want to say this. He came to the right person. He came to Jesus, though he did not know or recognize really who Jesus was. Here's how he addressed him. He addressed him as good master. He addressed him later on as master, good master and master. Now, master is one who has the capability and the knowledge to teach. Now, we use that word master today. We have, uh, matter of fact, you start out in skilled work, for instance, like a plumber. Then you're an apprentice. And then you study and you work and get all these skills together. And then you take a test. You become a journeyman. And then you continue to uh, work your skills and so forth and get better and better. And uh, you study more. And then you take a test and become a what? Master plumber. Do the same thing in the electrical field. You're an apprentice, uh, electrician's helper. And then you become a journeyman. And then you become a master. We even do it in the military. We started out, and I did anyway. I started out as an E-1. That's an enlisted first-level soldier. E-1, private, nothing on my sleeve, just slick. But when I ended up, after 29 and a half years of time in service, I was a master sergeant. We went from private E-1, private E-2, that gives you the mosquito wings, and private first class gives you the little rocker underneath, and then you go to a specialist, which is an E-4, or corporal, which is a leadership uh, E-4. And then you go to buck sergeant. We call them buck sergeants back then, E-5. And then you go to a, a sergeant that's got the three, uh, the, the three uh, hash marks. 
and then you've got the rocker underneath that one, and you become a staff sergeant. And then you get to be the sergeant first class. And then you get to be a master sergeant. They had a, a process of getting there. So we use that term today, master. Now, a master sergeant in the army, he can, uh, a young private or a younger uh, soldier can come to him and ask him any question about the army. That master sergeant may not have it on the top of his head, but he knows exactly where to direct him to get the answer. And that's the way Jesus was. There was no question that Jesus was ever asked that he couldn't answer. And he had it on the top of his heart. Amen. And Jesus always gave the right answer. We're going to find that to be so in just a few minutes. But he said, good master. But you know what he didn't recognize? He did not recognize uh, as Paul had directed the Philippian jailer. When the Philippian jailer said in Acts chapter 16, he says to uh, ask the question, what shall I do to be saved? And the answer came back in Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Believe. He and Silas both said it simultaneously. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's important. Those three titles. Number one, Lord. Lord is his heavenly title. He is God. Amen. Uh, he didn't become God. He was already God before he was born. He's, he was God the Son. Now, as he's born, he was called the Son of God. He's always been God. He didn't have to do anything to be God. He was born uh, as uh, God. He, he, was, he, he became man. But he's always been God. And now he is uh, Christ Jesus, the God-man. Amen. And he's there in heaven making intercession for us. But that's his sovereign title. He is Lord. He is supreme. And that word Lord indicates he rules over everything. Now, what we're going through today is very uh, uneasy. It's uneven and it's uneasy. I get to thinking about my grandchildren. Matter of fact, we just enjoyed a good time around uh, this past week with uh, our, grand, our, our four girls and uh, their husbands and grandchildren. And we were there, 14 of them was able to come, 14 out of 16. And so we had a good time. The two older ones had jobs, couldn't get away, but uh, we sent them presents anyway. Uh, Jesus is Lord. He's Lord. We get to celebrate Christmas, an exciting time of the year, but we celebrate Him as God. He, that's His supreme, He's the supreme one. That's His title. He is Lord. Here's another title. Lord Jesus. Jesus, remember, he told Joseph and he told Mary earlier. He told Joseph, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus is the New Testament uh, uh, name that corresponds with the Old Testament name Joshua. Joshua, Jesus. That is, that's his human title. That's what he picked up when he was born as a human. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He is the saving one. Jesus means Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves. He's the Savior. That's his human title. But then the word Christ, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is his Hebrew title. It was the Jews. They were looking for one to be born, and they were looking for the Messiah. Keep your place there, but put a hairpin or something there. Go to John's Gospel, chapter number 1. In John's Gospel, chapter 1, in verse 41, we can see that these two words, Christ and Messiah, are synonymous. Uh, in verse 41, he first findeth his own brother, Simon, and said unto him, We have found the Messiah. That's what the Jews were looking for. 
which is being interpreted the what? The Christ. Christ. Christ is his Hebrew title. He is the suffering one. He's the one who suffered for our sins, as, of course, is displayed and promised and prophesied in Isaiah 53. And that indeed he did, as we studied a bit this morning uh, concerning the, the last sayings of Christ. But we see here that Jesus, uh, Lord, Jesus Christ, it's important for you to recognize him as such. This young man came and all he could come up with, and the best he could come up with was good master. Well, he was, had a question, so he knew the great teacher uh, could answer that question. And now we saw uh, we came with the right attitude, has the right question. He did come to the right person, though he did not recognize him fully. But now he's getting, he's receiving the right answer. What is that? Notice, if you will. First of all, Jesus said in him, verse 18, Mark's, uh, Mark's gospel, chapter 10. Uh, he said to him in verse 18, why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, and that is God. See, I told you you didn't recognize him as Lord. He is God. He's the sovereign one. But Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's only one good, and that's God. So Jesus is already arresting him, this young man. He's already arresting him to the fact that he's not that good either. There's none of us. You know, we're bad to the bone. That's what we are. We're bad to the bone, every one of us. The only thing good about me is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that lives within me. Amen. The rest of me is going to be left behind. When I leave this world, this old body is going to be put into the ground. Uh, it's going to go back to the earth from which we were created. And uh, it's going to, uh, and of course, then one day it'll be resurrected. Uh, when we go to the graveyard, what, what do we do with these bodies? We plant the bodies. But we who are saved and those of our loved ones whom we plant that are saved, we have the great expectation that they will rise again. They will rise again. My dad was, uh, my dad died in, back in 1996. My mother died in 2005, but I got the great expectation that they are going both. I was just at the grave the other day. I went to another funeral. I went by and seen their graves. And uh, they, I have the great earnest expectation that they will come up out of that grave. Uh, the old body we planted will be translated into a brand new body. It'll be a spiritual body. It'll be an incorruptible body. And thank the Lord, it'll be an immortal body. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. So here he goes on to answer this question, verse 19. So he directs them next to the, uh, to the commandments. Matter of fact, if you will keep your place there again, go back to Exodus chapter number 20 or Deuteronomy chapter number 5, and you'll see the uh, two givings of the law. Exodus chapter 20 is the first giving, and of course uh, then in the second giving is uh, noted in Deuteronomy chapter number, number 5. So Let's look and see what Jesus said about the law and about the commandments. I want you to count them with me, all right? So help me out. I want you to participate. Um, thou knowest the commandments. Number one, thou shalt not, do not commit adultery. Do not commit adultery. Let's go back to Exodus. You're there, Exodus chapter 20. And, of course, it does say there. Let's see, where does it start that out? Uh, 
thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery. All right, there it is in verse number 14. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And then he went on to say, uh, and how many is that so far? That's one. In uh, verse number 20, that's going to be verse number 19, do not kill. How many is that? That's the second one he mentions. And of course, it's found in Exodus chapter 20, verse number 13. And then we find, uh, next of all, uh, number three, do not bear, excuse me, do not kill, do not steal. There it is. Do not steal. And here we are. Do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal. How many we got so far? Three noted. Now let's go, if you will, back to Jesus' words in Mark's chapter 10, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse number 19. Do not bear false witness. Back over to verse 16 of Exodus 20. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And then in uh, Mark chapter 10, do defraud not. And he went on to say back in Exodus 20 and verse 17, thou shalt not covet uh, thy neighbor's house and uh, so forth and so on. And so there we have those. And then he went on to say, honor thy father and mother. How many is that? That's six, isn't it? And that's found in verse 12 of Exodus chapter number 20. Honor thy father and mother, and thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Well, wait a minute. Exodus chapter 20 gives us how many more? Did Jesus have a lapse of memory? Did he have a lapse of memory? Remember, he's answering the question. And of course, after he noted these six commandments, the young man got excited and he answered and said unto his master, All these have I observed from my youth. And I'm convinced that Jesus could have took him right there and took him behind the woodshed and nailed his hide to the wall and said, no, no, let me tell you, uh, these, these six commandments, here's where you broke that one. Here's where you broke that one. Matter of fact, James said if you broke just one commandment, what would happen? It's like breaking all of them. But here's what we find uh, in Exodus chapter 20, and you're back there maybe still. I've got a little mark on my page. Uh, but these six seem to be a horizontal level, a plane. Uh, these commandments you have to deal with mankind to mankind. Honor your father and your mother. You're dealing on a horizontal level. Do not kill. Dealing on a horizontal level. Do not steal. Excuse me. Do not commit adultery. Again, mankind to mankind. Do not steal. Do not bear. Do not covet. Uh, listen, these are horizontal commandments. But what about the first four? Notice Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's between you and God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's a vertical commandment, if you might say. In verse 4, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or that's in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. For I am, in verse 5, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I the Lord... Thy God am a jealous God. That's a vertical commandment. In verse number seven, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. I always had uh, soldiers come to me. They would find out later on that I was a preacher. And when they'd take the Lord's name in vain, they would excuse themselves. You know what I'd tell them? 
If you can get by the Lord, you can get by me. But the Lord said he wouldn't hold anybody guiltless that took his name in vain. That's right. Those are vertical commandments. And then the last of the four was remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, set apart. Vertical commandments. You got the vertical and you got the horizontal. The vertical and the horizontal. And the vertical and the horizontal. You may be right with mankind, but have you made, have you made it right with God? That's right. You may be the best neighbor that your community has, but what about you and God? Have you made your heart right with God? That's so important. And of course, that's what Jesus is pointing out here in his answer. You may be right with mankind. You may be right with your mother and your father. You may be right with your brother and your sister. But if you're not right with God, you're not ready. You're not ready to have eternal life. Verse number 20. And the man said, Master, all these have I observed from my youth up. Then, then Jesus beholding him, loved him and saith unto him, one thing thou lackest. To hear that from the Lord, just missing one thing. Wouldn't you know, just one more thing, just one more thing. And of course, here's the answer. Instead of singing just as I am at that point, here's what Jesus told him to do. Instead of an invitation to come, he says, go, go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast. Give to the poor, and thou shalt start a banking account in heaven. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and then you're going to come. Go your way. You know, nothing was ever asked of what do you got? You want to, and of course, probably what he had, most of what he had was inherited because he used, that term was used here. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And uh, that's just the way it is sometimes. And most of what we gain is probably for an inheritance. But here's what we find. Uh, Jesus said, go your way, sell whatever you got, give it away. You're not going to take it with you anyway. You'll never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer behind it. They don't go that way. Uh, nothing comes. Nothing goes with you. Naked came I unto the world. Naked shall I return. That's right. And, of course, God blesses us along life's way and every gift Every good and perfect gift coming from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, James tells us. But this young man, he didn't like what he heard. Matter of fact, it went on to say here, uh, he was sad in verse 22. This young man was sad at that saying and went away grieved. I told you, he came to the, with the right attitude. He came with the right question. He came to the right person. He got the right answer. Jesus always gives the right answers. But he turned around and did the wrong thing. And I'm afraid that's what a lot of folks do when they hear about Jesus. The most important thing you can learn in life. I mean, you may go to school and learn a lot of good things. You may come out with, with a doctor's degree. You may be Dr. Fahrenheit or Dr. Celsius. But the fact is, uh, whatever you learn in life, if you haven't learned to trust Jesus as your Savior... You've missed it in life. Because all this life is, basically, is a preparation for the next life. And if you go through life without having received Christ as your Savior, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people, and you're not prepared. This young man, was he was sad, and he went away grieved. He turned around and did the wrong thing. And the Bible said, uh, for he had great possessions. Jesus did give him an invitation. 
Jesus said, first of all, go your way, sell whatever you got, give it to the poor, start a banking account in heaven, and then come. Then come. Come. Take up my cross and follow me. Have you come to Jesus? Have you, uh, have you come to know the Lord Jesus as your Savior? You know, this matter of trusting Christ is not difficult. It's very simple. And the, I, no one could have put together such a simple plan of salvation that would reach every person in the world, that would save anybody in the world. Educated, uneducated, rich or poor, or doesn't matter what ethnicity, whatever that word is, uh, no, doesn't matter where you come from or the surroundings, you can come to Jesus. And you today can come. And you may be sitting here as a church member. You too can come. My wife is here. My wife and I got married in 1973. And uh, she thought she was saved. Matter of fact, when the preacher came to her uh, parents' home uh, and led them to the Lord, she happened to be there. And he had talked to them. And uh, he simply turned around and said, would you like to pray too? Or she didn't have comprehension of all of what was going on. She wasn't convicted like perhaps her parents were, and they prayed and trusted Christ. But she went through the motion of prayed, and, you know, as far as the preacher was concerned, that she did what she's supposed to do. But later, as a preacher's wife, now I, w I was already a preacher when we got married. We talked about this at length, and I told her, I said, you know, and this is true. You're not, to con you're not going to confuse the Lord if you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. There may be other people who have questions about it, but that's all right. Long as in your heart you know you place your faith in Christ, there's where your confidence is going to be. That's right. And I told her, I can't get saved for you. And your parents couldn't get saved for you. Your grandparents couldn't get saved for you. This is a personal matter. And if you're here today, young person, and you say, well... Uh, my daddy's a preacher. That's all right. Or, you know, we were missionaries. That's all right. I mean, our girls grew up on the mission field, spent 18 years in Germany. But they all individually had to trust Christ as their Savior. And you too. You need to trust Christ today. Don't let anybody or anything stand between you and coming to Jesus and trusting Him as your Savior. In other words, don't go to hell for anybody. You say, well, it doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter what they say. Again, the Lord will not be embarrassed. And uh, you can call upon the Lord today as your Savior. Come with the right attitude. Come as a sinner. A sinner who needs Christ as Savior and trust Him as your Savior. We heard the right answer today. Whatever you got is not going to carry you to heaven. You need Jesus. Salvation's in a person. And that person is Jesus. John would tell us later on in 1 John chapter 5, He that hath the Son hath life. And that's eternal life. But he that hath not the Son hath not life. Do you have the Son today? Do you know Him as your Savior? I trust that you do. But if you don't, this could be the very great day. A great way to start 2022. Let's bow our head for prayer. And we'll prepare for a verse of invitation. We'll have you stand in just a moment. What we're fixing to do is what you do every Sunday and have a public verse of invitation. Public, because God's invitation is still open to all. 
We're going to make it public so you can come publicly and give a testimony of you coming as a sinner, trusting Jesus as your Savior. Brother, what shall we sing?